Welcome back to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Apatria, here for this wonderful Saturday, November 27th slate. Hope you guys all had a great Thanksgiving, got to spend some time with the friends and family. Hopefully won some money last night off of Santino's plays and podcasts. I know he absolutely crushed it. Always does a great job, but I'm here riding solo. We got seven games to talk about on our main slate. Tips off right around 7.30 Eastern Standard Time, so a little later for a Saturday tip, but just gives us that extra half an hour to wait on some more news, to adjust and tinker with our lineups a little bit, to get all ready. Nonetheless, we're going to jump into things right after a shout-out to our presenting sponsor over at Manscaped. Guys, head over to Manscaped. Check out their full line of male grooming products, everything that you need, including the new and improved lawnmower. 4.0, 4.0, one that I have coming in the mail within the next week, hopefully less than that. But everything from the lawnmower to the ear, nose, and hair trimmer to the bombs to the toners to the aftershaves, you name it, they have it. You can get it all in the perfect package kit right now for yourself, for friends, for family, for the holidays. Head over there, use the promo code HOOPBALL20, and you get 20% off plus free shipping on your entire first purchase. So, guys, it is hoopball20 over at manscaped.com. So we're going to dive right into things. We have seven games to talk about tonight. And this is a slate I like. I thoroughly enjoy this slate. I, I was going through it, actually started researching late last night. Uh, did fairly well in my in my contest last night. I had Wendell Carter Jr. I had Kelly Oubre. I had DeJounte Murray. I had a lot of these guys. So it, it panned out pretty well for me. Could have been a little bit better had that game not going to triple overtime because I didn't have too much shares of the L.A. Lakers and the Kings. I had a little Alex Lenz sprinkled in there. I had a little Anthony Davis sprinkled in there. So not even not even the best of the L.A. guys. So, But I still managed to triple my money. But it could have been a slate winning night had I made one or two adjustments. So ready to turn the page, ready to dump, jump right, dump right into it, jump right into things. New York Knicks are traveling to Atlanta. They are taking on the Hawks. We have back-to-backs right now, so we do not have the injury report. Uh, and that's the thing. A lot of back-to-backs going on tonight, but we do have a spread. It's 218 game total, Atlanta being favored by four points. So there's a few games uh, with pretty low game totals. This one's kind of right there, smack dab in the middle. So I definitely think we can get some exposure to it. As of right now, I'm not overly excited about it. I don't really want to pay that 10-2 price tag for Randall. Don't really want to pay the 6,200 for Barrett. And then we get, you know, the value that we've been taking advantage of, like Alec Burks, is starting to get a little bit priced up. But I still think it's a good matchup for Burks. 4,900 has that dual eligibility, so definitely don't mind taking a look at him. We haven't been seeing the minutes increase that we want for Kemba Walker, even with Derrick Rose out. If Derrick Rose sits again, um, I normally love targeting the 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 point guard position going against this Atlanta team. And keep in mind that game against Phoenix was kind of a blowout. So Evan Fournier only played 26 minutes in that game. Kemba only played 23. Now, do we see more minutes from Kemba in this one? We very well could. He's a tournament flyer at best. I just don't trust it enough for the cash games. But at 4,800, I'm going to keep him in my player pool as of right now. Same thing with Burks. And I don't even mind taking a couple stabs at quickly if Rose is out. So quickly has been playing that mid-20s minutes. Pretty much been returning on the salary of 4300 more often than not, but it's not the smash home play. You know, maybe in your GPPs you want to go elsewhere. There's some other value on the slate that we will talk about right around that same price range. So I think those are that the other value plays have a little bit more upside. 
So really, I'm looking at Kemba. I'm looking at a little Fournier, and I don't mind Burks a little bit as well. Sliding over to the other side of the ball, looking at this Atlanta team, Trey Young coming off of a pretty big game, even in limited minutes. Uh, put up another one of those 30 and 10 games, which we always like to see from Trey. It's back-to-back 30 and 10 games, and now he scores at least 30 actual points in three straight games. The shot attempts are up. Uh, they absolutely torched Memphis, so he only played 27 minutes in that last one. Uh, if this one was in the Garden, I think I'd have a little bit more interest in Trey just based on the narrative. Uh, he he does not get a warm welcome to the Garden, uh, but he loves it, and he eats into that bad guy role. So uh, don't think I'll be going to Trey. You know, I don't mind it just because there's only one guy I'm really interested in spending up on in this slate. And then, you know, if you if you wanted to, you know, avoid some of those other guys and go down to the 92 to 9600 range, there's a few options that we have where we all know that they have the same amount of upside. They just hit it on a, a little less frequent of a basis, but not overly excited about them. If anything, I'm looking at these wings. Gallinari, Werder, Bogdanovich, all three of these guys are very much in play for me. Um, all under 5K, all have been performing and playing pretty well, and they're all kind of chopping up the minutes. So I, I have no issues going with one of these guys, taking a look. You know, you got Gallinari going against his former team. It, it is in Atlanta, so that narrative's not necessarily there. But he's been averaging right around that 24, 25 DK point mark over the past four games. So he's definitely an option that we could take a look at. Same thing with Werder. He's been playing well. He's been starting. He's been getting good minutes. And the Hawks are on a win streak with, since Werder has entered the starting lineup. I think they're like 5-1 and one, uh, since he's entered. So he's another guy. Down game that last one. But before that, at least 20 DK points and three uh, in, in all four of the last five games. And then he scored at least 27 DK points in three of those. So definitely in play at 4,500. Don't mind the matchup whatsoever. I think it's a good one, actually. Those would be my two primary options. And then Cam Reddish is in play at 2,700. Got a little extended run in that blowout. Played 28 minutes. So if the game stays close, he's probably looking more along the lines of that 22 to 24. And always has that little upside. If any one of those guys gets into foul trouble or something happens, he is one of their best perimeter defenders as well. He can definitely get a small bump. So at 3,700, he comes into play as a value. Now, I'm pretty much just not spending up on the high-priced guys in this spot. I think we'll get to our mid-tier guys in a little while that would like a little bit more. Moving on to the next game, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time start as well. Phoenix Suns traveling to Brooklyn. They are taking on the Nets. Phoenix on the second half of the back-to-back. The Nets, Bruce Brown is probable in this one after missing the last two games. Nick Claxton, David Duke Jr., Joe Harris, Kyrie Irving all ruled out. Game's coming in with one of the higher game totals at 219, so one point higher than that New York and Atlanta game, with Brooklyn being favored by three points. A lot to like in this one. Uh, I'll start off with Phoenix. You know, I I didn't play any Booker uh, in that last game, and he played absolutely phenomenal. But even in a phenomenal game, I know he started the game, it was like 5 of 5 shooting, took 27 shot attempts total. He still only finished with 42 and a half DK points. So as well as he's played, that's not going to get it done. Uh, 8,600, you're really looking for that 50-point upside, which he's yet to really hit very often this season. So I'll probably avoid Booker. I don't mind taking a look at Paul if you want to. At 8K, that's a very fair price tag for a guy who routinely puts up like that 37 to 44 points. So I don't mind looking at Paul. He actually has that 50 mark a few a few times this season already. The real guy I'm looking at is DeAndre Ayton, though, at 7,200. Dude's been playing great ever since he came back from his injury. Um, we got a center going against Brooklyn. Sign me up. I'm, I'm good with him. There is one other center who I like a little bit more on this slate at the very similar price tag. 
But I do think Aiton is in play. And if you want to check, take a look at some of these ancillary options, I think JaVel McGee as a backup role has been routinely putting up at least 20 DK points at 4,300. He's in play. If anything ever happens with Aiton injury, foul trouble, obviously he's going to get a big boost. Frank Kaminsky still being out surely helps him get an extra run in rotation minutes. And then I think that we can always take a look at these wings between Jay Crowder, between Bridges. I think I prefer Jay Crowder. I could see him getting an extended run in this matchup going against Kevin Durant. Uh, being one of their primary wing defenders, I, I definitely think Jay Crowder's in play for us. So, only played 20 minutes in that blowout against the Knicks, but before that, he's playing at least 24 minutes in four straight games, upwards of 28-29 at 4K. He's a value play I think that we can trust. On the Brooklyn side of things, do I spend up on these two guys? Probably not. In your tournaments, you definitely could if you're building multiple lineups. In my single entries and cash games, I just don't see myself necessarily going there. There's another guy on this site that we will get to. Uh, with Bruce Brown being back, though, he comes right back into play. Only 3,800. I don't know if we can count on him playing a full starter's workload, which for him is right around 28 to 30 minutes. Uh, I assume he will. They're going to need him. Uh, he's their best perimeter defender going against Chris Paul, going against Booker. He's probably going to get ample run if he can handle it. We just don't know. So keep an eye on the news. Uh, if we do see that he's going to be playing, no restrictions, nothing like that, he's going to be good to go for a value play. And then the other guy I want to talk about is Marcus Aldridge. At 5,600, this dude's just been churning out good game after good game. He's playing starters-level minutes now, played 29 against Boston, and that game got out of hand. Played 34 against Cleveland, played 30 against Cleveland in the matchup prior. Only 23 against Orlando, but off game. He still managed to put up 25 DK points, but every other game that he's playing 30-plus minutes, he's put up at least 33 DK points. So LaMarcus Aldridge is an absolutely fantastic center option that we could kind of look at on a nightly basis. His price tag is eventually going to creep up to that 62 to 6,300 mark. And right now at 5,600, that's a good value. He looks, he just looks good. I'll probably drift away from the whole Patty Mills thing. Uh, don't mind him in tournaments. Same thing with Bembry. With Bruce Brown back, he's going to eat into the minutes a little bit. So for me, it's really going to be Bruce Brown. It's going to be Aldridge. And then if you want to take stabs at Kevin Durant and James Harden, I'll, I won't talk you off of it. We know the upside for both these guys. I just don't think that this is the slate I want to take advantage of it on. On to the next game, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Miami Heat traveling to Chicago. They are taking on the Bullies. Uh, we have Chicago on the second half of a back-to-back. For Miami, though, Marcus Garrett, Markeith Morris, Victor Oladipo have all already been ruled out. And then for a game total, it's 212, with Miami being favored by only one point. So expecting a pretty close game here. I don't have a ton of interest in either side of the ball right here. Everybody's kind of priced appropriately or a little overpriced for my liking. If you wanted to spend up on Jimmy Butler at 97, going against his former team, the team that drafted him, where he kind of made a name for himself, I won't fault you. We've seen the 60-point upside from Butler a few times this season, 50-plus a few times as well. We know he has a pretty safe floor around that 35 to 40 DK point mark, but that's not going to get it done. I'd rather go hit the and attack that mid-tier just ever so slightly more and spend up on one guy. If you spend up on two guys, it really limits your exposure that you can have in the mid-tier. So I just don't see myself really going to Butler. I think Bam at 8,300, okay play. Nothing that I'm writing home about. Hasn't really been producing, so not really playing Bam. If anything, I might look at the two guards with Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero, but they're both priced pretty appropriately as well. So not a whole lot I'm loving. P.J. Tucker remains that unsexy value play that if you land on and you have nothing else you could throw in there, but I'm not overly excited about him either. On the Chicago side of things, everybody, again, priced appropriately. Zach Levine at 92, DeRozan at 9K. Both these guys are just absorbing all the usage over here, and we're seeing good games from on a nightly basis, don't get me wrong, but 
we don't see as many of those I'm winning you a GPP slate upside type games and because they're both taking a ton of shot attempts. Um, you'll, you'll get that upside on the nights where they're shooting an absurd clip, you know, when they're shooting 60, 65% from the floor. I just don't like banking on it. I don't like banking on it against a tough Miami matchup where the pace gets slowed down a little bit. Just not the game environment I'm overly excited about. So I don't see myself really going to anybody in this game outside if you want to take dart throws on guys like Kobe White um, in your GPPs. You know, shot 9 of 11. It's unsustainable shooting percentage. I don't expect him to put up another 30 DK points. But if he's going to take double-digit shot attempts like he has in three out of the last four games, it leaves you open to a little bit of upside. That's probably about it for me. Uh, I don't see myself playing much Alonzo in this, but if I were to play one of these priced-up bowls, he'd probably be the one out of them. On to the next game. Orlando traveling to Cleveland, taking on the Cavs. We have Orlando on the second half of a back-to-back. For the Cavs, though, Taco Fall has been ruled out. Evan Mobley is probable, returning from that elbow injury. No word on if there will be any restrictions or anything like that. Colin Sexton done for the year, and Lamar Stevens is questionable. As of right now, this game's coming in at two or three and a half game total. Cleveland favored by seven and a half. So the lowest game total that we have available right now on the slate. So that tells you what you need to really know. Doesn't mean we can't get exposure to this game. We got to keep an eye on some of this injury news, though. Cole Anthony did not play on Friday. There's a chance he plays on Saturday. If he does, that really muddies up the water for a lot of these guys that I was looking at. But the two guys I do want to talk about, if Cole Anthony's out, I think they're in play either way, but I definitely like him a little bit more, would be Wendell Carter Jr. and Franz Wagner. Uh, Wagner is starting, playing big minutes for him, and the shot attempts have been there. Over the last two games, 14 shots and 12 shots, put up at least 28 DK points. He's been actually just overall solidly contributing across the board. Not much in the defensive categories, but a guy that averages a steal has, has only gotten one over the last five games, but... He's getting assists, he's getting boards, he's taking shots. And at 4,500, he seems like he could be one of the better value plays on this slate. So I definitely want to keep an eye on Wagner. I've been playing a ton of Wendell Carter Jr. over the past two days, and I'm going to keep him in my player pool. I'm not just going to keep running back to the well necessarily as far as ownership. I've probably been above the field on him over the last two games. Uh, but it's just kind of been the perfect matchups for him. Going against that Chicago team, against his former team with the narrative, they don't really have a power forward that can body up with them, so he kind of took advantage of that. Same thing with Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte, high-paced team, terrible defense. You know, Miles Bridges, for everything he's doing during his breakout season, struggles guarding opposing bigs. So I, I think that those two were the right recipes for him where we could attack it. Going against the Cleveland team with Mobley back now, Jared Allen in the front court with him. It's not the same matchup. It's a little bit of a tougher matchup for him. I still think 5,800 is too cheap for him, and that's why I'm going to have some shares of him. He does have the power forward eligibility. So I do think I will have a little bit, but I'm just not going to be head over heels for him. And we got to keep an eye on Mobamba. He left the game last night with back spasms. He ended up returning and finishing the game out. Don't get me wrong. It got out of hand. They might, you know, be a little cautious with him. And if that's the case, I think Chumo Okiki at 4K would come into play as one of the better value plays. Um, Playing 25 minutes pretty much on a nightly basis now, 20 to 25. He's still a decent value play regardless at 4K. I think we could have some shares of him. But he definitely comes into play. And, you know, whether Wagner slides up to the four or he plays the four, nonetheless, he would most likely draw a start. But we have to keep an eye on that. On the Cleveland side of things, not a whole lot to like here for me. Garland at 76, I think, is in play. But I think we have some better 7K price tag guys we could play. 
But nonetheless, I, I will have some shares of Garland. I think he's probably one of the better, you know, mid to high price point guards on the slate. And then we have to look at, I guess, Rubio at 69. He just continues to churn out these big shooting performances. He's not shooting well from the field over the past three games, but 20, 12, and 15 shot attempts is what we want to see. And if he's going to keep offering that on a nightly basis, he's definitely going to be in play. Probably won't be going to any of the bigs now that Mobley's back. That's going to cut into Jared Allen's rebounding upside. And then I think Mobley at 7K, he's in play at that price tag if we hear there's no restrictions. But that's something we need to monitor because if there is any restrictions for him, I'm probably going to want to temper my expectations. But 7K with no restrictions is a great price tag for him. I'm not paying that 5900 for C.D. Osmond. And then Laurie Markkinen going back to the three at 5600 kind of dampers his value a little bit. But you could take Darth Rose on your GPPs. I won't trust it in cash, though. He was getting uh, those string of good games while he was playing power forward. On to the next game, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Gabe. This is probably going to be the best game of the night, one that's loaded with fantasy goodness and a pretty chalky game stack environment, if you ask me, but I'll, I'll probably still throw some, some stacks out there. Charlotte Hornets traveling to Houston, taking on the Rockets. Like I said, Hornets are on the second half of a back-to-back. Rockets, though. They are missing Jalen Green, as we saw. He's dealing with a left hamstring strain. They said probably about a couple weeks, two weeks is what we're looking at for. And without him out, obviously, that's going to affect some of the rotations and the usage and everything else. But game's coming in at a 221.5 game total. Charlotte being favored by 5.5. Just going to get down to it. I like a lot of options in this game. Starting off with the Charlotte team, I think LaMelo Ball is the guy you spend up on. He's the guy I have in most of my lineups right now, single entry-wise, as my top spend. At 10-4, this is a high-paced matchup. Little to no defense gets played on either side. Both of these teams play at pretty incredible paces. So uh, I think Houston's actually one of the top three in the league right now. So it's probably one of the only up spots you can see for Charlotte. His minutes have been down over the past two games. Don't read into that too much. They blew out Minnesota. And then that Orlando game is the one where he tried to do that self-alley-oop pass. that didn't go well for him. Uh, ended up getting benched for three minutes because of it. But anytime this guy plays 34 to 35 minutes, we're probably looking at 50 DK points and upside of 60. We saw two 60 bombs in uh, the last five games and plenty of them on the season, including a 70 not too long ago against LA. The triple-double threat's always there. Love the matchup. Love the pace. Love the price. He's definitely my top spend up. Outside of him, I think just about all these guys are going to be in play for us. I I don't mind Rozier at 67. I don't mind this pace-up spot for Bridges at 79. These are the type of matchups that we want to kind of target and really look at them. I don't love the price tag for Bridges, but if there was a matchup that he was going to return 40 to 50, it would probably be one like this. And then I want to see what happens with Mason Plumley. If he happens to sit out again and we do get to get P.J. Washington starting at that five, I'm interested in him. He only played 24 minutes in that last one, but the game did get out of hand. Now, it's a back-to-back. He's returning from that injury that he was dealing with for quite some time. What does that mean? But if we get 24 minutes again at 4,400, sign me up. I'm good with that. I think he ends up being one of the better value plays on the slate. And then I had a ton of Kelly Oubre last night. It's another good matchup for him at 46. We're getting a small price increase at $400. Only put up one or two ancillary stats. We need one block, one rebound. So we want to see a little bit more, more, like more or less on a nightly basis. He'll give us more than that. But he took 17 shot attempts over the past two games. And if he's going to do that at 4,600, he's in play. I think you can have at least two of these uh, Hornets guys in every single lineup is what I'm going to be doing. I think you can go to three. If you're going to do a complete stack, you could even go four. But I think three or two is the right amount of number uh, or the right amount of number, the right number or the right amount of players to have in this Hornet side of the ball and mixing and matching, doing however you want. I probably wouldn't play Rozier from playing ball. 
that's probably the only stipulation I have. But I think you can line up at least two to three of these guys in every single lineup. And then run it back. I think if you're going to do that, you're going to want some of this Houston exposure where some of my favorite plays in the slate are. We just talked about how bad this Hornets defense is. I think Kevin Porter Jr. at 5,800 is in a smash spot. Uh, he's my favorite play on the slate right now. Mid-tier range, 5,800. Sign me up. I'm good with that. I'm good with the price tag. I'm good with the usage. And you should see more shot attempts with Jalen Green off the floor. He's going to be the primary ball handler. I mean, he is most nights, but Jalen Green is also the one that kind of spells him. So I think looking at Kevin Porter Jr., absolute smash spot. I'm sure he'll be chalky, but I don't care. I'm eating the chalk. And then I think Christian Wood, 7,200, especially if Mason Plumlee is ruled out. He's going to get an undersized P.J. Washington. We haven't been seeing great shooting from him. We haven't been seeing a great season in general. But at 7,200, this feels like it's got 40-point upside written all over it, and I'm all over Christian Wood in this matchup as well. I think running it back against some of those Charlotte guys with these two guys is a way to go. And then the other guy I want to talk about would be Eric Gordon. At 47, price tag's up a little bit from where we'd like, but he saw increased usage when Kevin Porter was out, and now he's kind of stepping into the starting shooting guard role where he'll see increased usage in shot attempts now with Jalen Green out. So those three guys are my primary options. If you wanted to go towards a guy like Tate, I wouldn't fault you. I, I don't play a ton of Tate, but at 46, knowing that the minutes will be there, the usage will be increased a little bit, sure, go for it. And we'll talk you off of it, especially knowing they'll probably play a little bit smaller, and we'll probably see more Christian Wood at the center spot in this game is what I imagine. That would open up some Tate at power forward minutes. That would open up possibly some Daniel House at power forward minutes. And then the, the GPP dart throw kind of guy that if you wanted to take a look at him at near minimum salary would be K.J. Martin. I could see him getting extended run in this matchup as well. Kind of fits the build, fits the environment, the pace. And like I said, if Wood slides up to that five, we probably see a little bit more power forward. Minutes. So th- this game has a lot of options, a lot of different ways and combinations you could attack it. And I highly recommend you get significant involvement in it. On to the last two games of the night. We have Washington traveling to Dallas. This is an 8.30 Eastern Standard Time game. For the Mavericks, Brunson is questionable. He's the big news. Nidicalina ruled out. For the Wizards, second half of a back-to-back. No injury report for them as of right now. 2-11 game total. Dallas being favored by 7.5 points. We'll start off with Washington. I'll keep it very simple here. I don't think I'm playing much of anybody. Gafford coming off of a massive eight-block game. You know, I, I know the guy's really good at defense, but that's not something that we can bank on on a nightly basis. He ended up playing 27 minutes in that last one. If we knew he was going to play 24 to 27 minutes in every game, we'd be all over it. But we don't. We've seen games where it's 14 to 15 minutes, and that's just not going to get it done for us. So in GPPs, you can look at them. Otherwise, I'll probably take a pass. Spencer Dinwiddie and, and Kyle Kuzma's price tags are finally starting to, you know, come down a little bit. Still don't have any confidence in them for cash games. I think if I had to play one of those two guys, it would be Kuzma. But even then, I I just don't feel overly excited about these two guys at that price tag. So I'll probably take a pass on them for the most part. But you could still, you know, get a share or two of them here and there. And then it's probably it for me. I don't think I'll be playing Beal. Ninety one hundred is a good price tag for him. Back to back though, he's just not getting it done. Bottom line, with the usage being distributed with Dinwiddie there and Kuzma there this season, we're not getting that fifty to sixty DK point upside Beal anymore. On to the Dallas side of things. Only guy I'm really looking at here, and it would probably be Luka Doncic. At 11-5, I always keep Luka in my player pool. He's the only other guy on this slate I feel comfortable spending up on, especially if Brunson sits. There's nobody to really spell him from ball handling. He'd probably be looking at a big game of like 38 to 40 minutes in this one, uh, giving him that huge floor, huge upside. At 11-5, the matchup's fine. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I will have some shares of Luka. I don't think this is a Stars and Scrubs slate, 
But if you wanted to go that way, it would probably be with Lamella and Luca, in my opinion. Outside of him, though, I think Porzingis is a little bit too expensive. Tim Hardaway is a little bit too volatile on a night-to-night basis. Now, who kind of makes up for those minutes if we uh, if we don't or if we do see our boy Brunson ruled out? Well, it's going to be a little bit of a choppy thing. Like I said, I expect Luca to handle a lot, but Bullock will probably step up in a big way at 3,400. I think he comes into play as a value play. Not a ton of upside there. Very PJ Walker or PJ PJ Walker PJ Tucker uh, from the guard position, but him and Sterling Brown will probably see the majority of the minutes increase, and neither one of those guys kind of stands out as great options. Final game of the night, and it'll be a quick one. New Orleans Pelicans traveling to Utah, taking on the Jazz. This is a Repeat game from last night, back-to-back. We saw that Javante Graham came out, hit it like a buzzer beater to win the game. Huge shot. Uh, big upset, actually. I think that money line had, if you had the Hornets, or the, I'm sorry, the Hornets, the Pelicans winning, uh, the money line, it was like plus 650. Don't expect that to be the same result. So um, It's not very often that we get a back-to-back game with a huge spread and the, you know, the underdogs win it twice in a row. Utah's being favored by 13. It's a 217 game total. So, uh, for the most part, I don't want to have a lot of shares in this game. Now, if you wanted to play a couple one-offs, sure. They wouldn't be the guys I spend up on unless you're running it back with spend-ups on both sides. So, if you wanted to play, you know, an Ingram or a Joe Val, you probably want to run it back with a Gobert or a Donovan Mitchell, for instance. So, I just don't see myself having a ton of shares. If we happen to see that Hernan Gomez at 4,500, we get an extended run. The game gets out of hand. He's probably still going to play good minutes either way. He's in play for me at 45. I think people are going to probably flock to him a little bit more, especially if Joe Val gets into foul trouble, anything like that happens. He, he has had at least four fouls in two out of the last three games. So you could look at Hernan Gomez. I, I don't think he's like a lock or anything like that as far as value. There is some risk associated with him. But if he continues to play 20 minutes, he should continue to pay off that salary at 4500 Probably the only guy I'm really looking at. Not a lot of interest here. If you want to maybe take a stab at Herb Jones, but the upside's not tremendous or anything like that. 3400 He's been playing 30 minutes over the past three games. So we can keep him in play. Decent value play. Uh, on the Utah side of things, like I said, I don't want to spend up on many of these guys. But if I did, it would be Mitchell at 8100 I think that's a great price tag for him. Um, sign me up if you think the game stays close or if you're running it back. I think Conley's another option. But with it being back-to-back, I'm a little worried about Conley. So it makes me want to play a little bit more Clarkson. So Mitchell, Clarkson, maybe a little Royce O'Neal or Joe Ingles. Uh, probably the main guys I'm looking at. And then it's probably about it. That brings us home. That wraps us up. That means we get to the player tier segment now. So expensive, like I always said, in this in this kind of uh, environment with only one guy on the show, I always try to give two for each one. Luka Doncic, Lamelo are my two price step players. You heard me talk about it several times. In the mid tier, we're going to go with the two Houston guys, Kevin Porter Jr., Christian Wood. I like both these guys a whole lot. And then for the value, we'll go with Franz Wagner at forty five hundred. Like I said, I think if he's a little bit dependent on if Cole Anthony plays or sits, I'm, I'm imagining Cole Anthony ends up sitting this one out. But I think he's a decent option regardless. At 4,500, I'm definitely going to have some exposure to him. And then I think for the other spot, it's a little bit more dicey. I think we're going to need to get a, get a little bit of news. But I think Bruce Brown, if he plays without any restrictions, he's definitely an option for us. But I, I don't think he has that necessarily tournament-winning upside. I think I'd probably rather go to, like, a Werder. Um, probably the way I'm leading. So I'm going to go Kevin Werder in this one. And that brings us home. That wraps it up. 
Thank you, as always, for listening. Greatly appreciate it. Give us a thumbs up, a five-star, wherever you're listening, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And then give me a follow on Twitter, at MikeApotria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. We will be back tomorrow. It'll be me. It'll be my good friend Harris crushing that Monday card for you guys. I'm sorry, the Sunday card for you guys. As always, take care. Wow, I'm getting the schedule all messed up. Long weekend. It'll be Santino on for the Sunday card, handling things solo, and then me and Harris will be back for Monday. Take care. I got to get some sleep. Have a good one, guys. Let's go crush out on some of these GPPs.